Yo, 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 what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 24 of the Say Less podcast. Um, I asked another AMA on Instagram to get more questions, and I think I have a lot more topics to talk about today. Uh, so hopefully it'll be a longer episode. We'll see. But I hope you guys enjoyed this last episode. I have been enjoying just sourcing new content as well as talking to you guys a lot more through Instagram and things like that. So as always, like if you have questions or anything, just email me, justin at childcodes.com um, or Instagram DMs are always a great place to ask questions as well so I can answer them here. So anyways, first question that I think is a great one from E underscore Lopez 281 is how do you relax after a long day of work? And your, you know, your methods and all are going to be very different from mine. But on a personal level, I do like to just watch anime I typically just go to the gym right after work and relax, make food. Um, I'm a very simple person. I used to, you know, back then I used to play a lot of video games after work and just unwind that way. Um, you know, I haven't played video games in a really long time. That may be surprising, but I do kind of miss it. I want to get back into it for sure. You know, I, I had just, I have liked calming down and sometimes getting off my computer. Um, there are days though, after work, I'm still working. Um, I'm still, you know, I'll usually I'll always go to the gym for sure. Right. Like it's always a must right after the, you know, the clock hits five, five thirty, I'm out the door, I'm to the gym. And then once I'm home, I'm making dinner and then potentially working a little bit more or just, you know, um, doing my own thing. Uh, usually just relaxing, watching anime. Like I just said, right now I'm watching uh, black Clover for those of you guys who know black Clover is amazing i highly recommend it if you're into like naruto then it's got kind of the same vibe it's from the same studio as well so it's it's just so good it's so so good uh, the beginning of that show requires a little bit of patience it can get it, it can feel very very like too much i would say there's just a lot of screaming and stuff but you know once you get over that hump the show just starts to get better and better and better and better and then you watch character development and all that stuff. So I just highly recommend it right now. I'm watching that. I'm watching Food Wars as well with my roommate. So uh, things have, you know, just been, I just need to find a different show now because I think I'm almost done with Black Clover. But in terms of relaxing, yeah, I just like to stay calm. Um, I don't really do anything too crazy. Uh, I like to keep my routine pretty, pretty simple and not do too much. Sometimes, you know, if I, if I ever get time, I, I like to just chill and read or do something uh, at the house if I can. That's not on my computer, but, you know, uh, my days vary. But it's always gym, anime, food. That's typically how I'll, I'll relax um, out after the day is over. So thank you for that question. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Another one from callme.skywalker. How to keep going nonstop. Uh, it's easy to get carried away and i guess see on the social media side of things that we go non-stop and i hope all of you understand that that's 100 not the case going non-stop is the best way to burn out and the best way to just not have a great time doing what you're doing um you know i highly recommend against going non-stop i think that you should definitely have a balance of you know going on breaks and taking time off or whatever, right? Like you should never be going nonstop, but I do agree that, you know, Monday through Friday, I'm going pretty hard, you know, uh, whether that's through full time or back then when I was unemployed, 
doing YouTube and Instagram, just doing all that stuff required a lot of dedication. And I think if that's what you're talking about, right? Like just do the Monday and Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can choose to work or not, but I highly recommend you take a break every once in a while. Um, is discipline like that's one of the hugest things you don't need motivation you need discipline because there will be days that you do not want to do anything like there will 100 percent be days where you want to be lazy or you're going to procrastinate on a certain project or there's just things getting in the way that is life you know that uh is an obstacle for you and blocks you from actually doing the things that you want to do so you kind of have to adjust to that, find a routine. I think routines are very, very good in terms of helping with the grind um, and, and you know, the day-to-days. If you have that routine, you know exactly what's going to be done the next day, the day after, right? Um, setting yourself up for that, creating systems that also uh, correlate to whatever your routines are and, and actually optimize efficiency there. I think those are also key in terms of going quote-unquote nonstop. I will never say nonstop, you know? I, I would say instead of nonstop, you should change that that word to consistence, consistency. Like you want to consistently be working. And if you want to get to somewhere you, you want to be right, like I would not have been able to get here if I had been very lackadaisical with my work. I just found a system that worked for me. I knew that every day I had to put in work. Each day was definitely harder than the other or easier than the other. It just really depended and things definitely got in the way. Right. So never get discouraged when things block you never get discouraged when things just don't go as expected. You know, those those days will come. And I think that if you have the right mental attitude um, or mental mindset and attitude, you can kind of attack things every single day and just get after it. Right. Like you can't you can't expect things to just come if you aren't planning things correctly or if you're not actually dedicated and disciplined enough to handle it. So I think that, you know, doing everything that I just said would help you achieving that goal and in, in, in becoming more consistent. You know, um, it's easy to get, you know, distracted or have the wrong perception of people on social media like myself or other people that we, we follow as well that, we're just going nonstop, right? Like that's definitely not the case. I definitely, especially in the most recent months, like I said in the last episode, if you haven't listened, was uh, taking a break. I definitely took some time off from Instagram, uh, from YouTube. I haven't been able to record another YouTube video just because my time has just changed and I'm trying to refigure out my schedule, right? Uh, And as I mentioned, things get in the way. Moving has definitely gotten the way. New job has definitely gotten the way of that. And, you know, it's not a bad thing, right? Like, full-time job. I can't complain. I, I love my job, but to do YouTube and things, it's, it's definitely hard and time consuming. So, uh, just trying to figure out your systems and, and doing the right things, understanding that the work you need to do needs to be fun as well. If it's not fun, then it's going to be really hard. Um, even when it is fun, times will get hard, but it's easier to power through those when it's something you actually have a passion for. So hopefully that helps. I went on a little bit of a ramble there, but you know, uh, it's just my thoughts on, on growing some consistency with the work that you want to do. So hopefully that helped. How to start a blog for coding from Ahmed code 002. Uh, pretty simple. Just start one. <laughs> you can go on medium. Uh, I think you can go on dev.2. You can go on what's another hash node, I think is another good site to start a blog or you can create your own. Um, you know, you got to create the framework. You got to create the foundation 
of the website itself to get started on that. And, you know, the best way to start something is to actually just do it. You know, if you need some sort of guidance or motivation or, you know, reference on how to start one, then go to those websites that I just listed or go to someone that you know in the in the space that is blogging already and just essentially copy them but do it in your own way you know um the website should obviously be in your own design and your and built in your own way the way you want it but it, it that's if you go that route but you know the really it's just setting up the foundation like i said if you're going to be building your own you need some sort of um content manager and and a design essentially and somewhere to host it and then you know every day you could just write something down uh whatever the topic may be if it's coding blog then you know document what it is you're doing every day uh what it is you're learning T talk about something that you just learned today if, like for example if you're learning react yesterday i just kind of implemented context into an application i was building and i needed a blog and boom there you go someone had just learned how to use use context uh, the use context hook and and context in general from react and essentially just wrote a blog on how they implemented it in their own uh situation and what they learned from that and in turn i was able to benefit from that as well because now i'm learning along with them from whatever it is they did and they provided perfect examples screenshots uh source code that way i can actually have something tangible to reference so it's things like that that you can definitely just start doing right now is is just looking at what it is you're doing in your day-to-day -day, the new things you've learned in the day what technologies you think are uprising or you know anything along those lines you just got to start typing and the length really doesn't matter short articles long articles uh, educational documentary type articles like it really doesn't matter your blog is your blog um you create whatever it is you want it to be um but I think one thing to note is if it's for coding, it's got to stay relevant. It's got to stay along the same lines. Like you can't blog about coding and then one day start talking about beer for whatever reason, right? Like there definitely has to be some sort of target audience here and uh, sticking with the topics and subjects that correlate and kind of resonate with those people are very, very important. So, you know, I think that that's how you should do it. Um, start finding hosts, start finding potential sponsors or advertising things if you want to make money from it, but it's not necessary. You know, if you're blogging, just a blog. And and also, I mean, blogging when it comes to coding is also beneficial in your own way, right? Like you can actually learn more and actually um, have those, those new things that you learn stick a little bit more. So uh, coding, I think is, or uh, sorry, blogging is definitely a great 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 way of learning as well uh creating tutorials in that way so you know the that that whole thing right there is there's so many different routes you can go with that but just getting started you actually have to start building it right like you have to start building it and and actually having the foundation to build it if you don't want to build your website then go on hashnode dev.2 medium you know those are great sites to just host your blog and just start writing immediately right like your articles will be hosted there and you know this isn't a plug for them they're not paying me to say this or anything like like i have been on those websites and i've read so many articles to understand that those are great places to be since there's already an audience there you don't have to worry about that you just have to worry about you know pe making people aware on those uh you know mediums or articles or uh, websites that 
you are writing about a certain something and what kind of value can you provide or what kind of entertainment can you provide to these people to spend X amount of time to read what you've written, right? So do that, make sure that you have um, the correct tools, you know, if you need Grammarly or whatever to start writing these articles, then make sure you have those. Um, I recommend batch writing things as well, just so that you have content ready to go, whether it is you're posting on a certain interval, right? Whether it's twice a week, every single day, once a week, whatever it is you decide, make sure you have enough content and enough time, you know, spaced out and chunked out. So that way you can, you don't have to stress about making enough content for your blog. Um, and, you know, keeping on a consistent schedule is going to be really, really nice for the people that actually go to read your blog every single week or every single day. They can always expect something. It's kind of the same thing with the podcast or or Instagram or YouTube. It's, it's a certain interval that people get used to with your videos and sticking to that can be very, very helpful in terms of retention. So keep that in mind. There's, you know, there's so much more resources out there. I don't personally have a blog. I tried it. I, you know, writing just isn't for me. I like talking. I like to talk a lot. So, and I have the correct setup for it. And I think it's just a perfect way to get these thoughts out. So I think those are perfect. Um, I think those are going to be the correct things to, for you to do. But in order for you to start a blog, you've actually got to do it. So, uh, you know, the obvious is right there in front of you, uh, but good luck. I hope that this blog really goes out there for you. Like, I just remember when I started trying to blog, I think I wrote one article and one or two articles, I, I don't remember. And it was like a trial thing and it never really turned out for me. I, I can, I can type, right? Like I, I can do well with that. It's just for me to convey thoughts or, or any sort of tutorial type blog, it's kind of hard for me to do that through a text format, you know, like if it's. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's something it's something that's personal to me. And that's obviously not the case for a lot of other people. There there are many amazing people out there that write awesome articles and can structure them in a certain way. For me, I don't know. I just never really got to it. Like, or I, I really never ever got it. Like I did one and that was kind of like a personal blog and you know, didn't get that many very many views and I was okay with that, right? Like I just wanted to start writing and I never picked it up after that. And then after that that initial one, I went on a different site and wrote a different blog about something that I had learned or something like I may have been about my VS code setup. I don't remember. It was a long time ago at this point, like maybe a year ago, but I did write that again, didn't get very many views, but it was really hard to type that to structure it in a way that was readable. Um, and to make it look really nice was, was a lot of effort on my end. So Blogging never stuck with me, but I always enjoyed reading blogs and seeing the type of work that people created. I think it's awesome to see creatives in a different light, essentially, or in a different, in different forms, right? Like video and audio for me are very, very, video, audio, or photo are very, very big on my end. Like I, I enjoy doing those. And I feel like that is definitely my wheelhouse. But when it comes to text, it's just, it's just not it. And to see other people striving then is so awesome to see and to put essentially some of the same topics that I talk about into word format. That's insane. Um, I don't know if I should get back into it or if I, you know, shouldn't like, I don't know. Like it's just this whole thing. I don't know if blogging is essentially my thing, but 
anyways, after that tangent, um, what is the best tech stack you should learn in 2021 by just Wah? Uh, I wouldn't say this is the best stack. I, I, I don't even know nowadays. Like Mern stack, I feel like is a very, very big thing, but there's so many different frameworks and libraries coming out that just, I feel are shifting, but I don't know. I would say there's no best stack. I think you should definitely just my recommendation. And the one thing that I've, I've kind of learned is after working for like six months now is looking at what companies are using on average in your location. And is that something that you like doing? Perfect. Then you're in the right location. If there's, if there's a stack that you actually genuinely love to use or, or whatever, then I would say go for that. Right. This is a perfect example of like Ruby on rails. I feel like a lot of people are saying, Oh, Ruby's dead, blah, 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 blah. But like Ruby's still, Ruby's still going. I still see a lot of people using it and a lot of people enjoy it. You know, it's, you know, it may not be your bread and butter, but it could be someone else's. And if that's yours, then go for it, right? Like if you genuinely love creating something with Ruby, you will have a spot in this industry. You know, all the, all the languages and frameworks or stacks essentially have a place in this industry. It may not be in the location that you live at, but somewhere in this world, whether it's in the U S or abroad, you have a spot here. You don't need to know react, even though I believe that react is definitely like the highest used or the most used uh, library or framework, whatever you want to call it, whatever the distinction is in your mind. Uh, it, it is. And I think that that's going to be big TypeScript, especially in react now with that support is huge. And I don't know, man, it's, it, it's a hard decision just because we all have our different flavors. A lot of people like react. A lot of people like, uh, angular, you know, it, or view views, another good one. And I see a lot of people using and shifting too. So, you know, it depends, but at work we use react and it's something that I'm comfortable in. And that's the one I'm going to continue to use. So I think there was another question of like what stack I'm using right now. So it primarily is the Mern stack. I would say if, if we're talking full stack, but for the front end, I'm usually only using react. It's the one I'm very, very comfortable with. It's the one that I learned learned with and it's the one we use at work. So, you know, it just all comes full circle really and, and just makes the most sense for me to stay there. You know, I don't see React leaving, obviously. I don't think any of us do. Neither is Angular or Vue, right? Like those are all here to stay. It's just, I grew to know and love React for what it is. React Native is a whole different thing. I don't know if anyone really loves React Native, but it's something we use at work as well. And it's something that I'm learning to use more and more every single day. I'm currently developing some sort of test app that we can use internally at work, but I do have plans on creating something else as well. Um, with react native, I have some ideas that I've, uh, brainstormed with my friends essentially. And there's, there's some, there's some demand there. I think, I think it's a good idea. It's, it's kind of a funny one, but I don't know how I'm going to make it work, but we'll see. I have no idea, but, you know, React Native definitely is another one that obviously built on top of React and very familiar on, on my end. So, you know, React is my go-to. But again, just back to the question here is, you know, what best tech stack? It's the choice is really up to you. I wouldn't say there is a singular best stack. You know, it's not the best stack if you don't enjoy using it. So play around, you know, if you're, if you're new into coding, you're in a great spot. You can figure out which one 
you enjoy more and the one you do enjoy more then go with that one if you already have a stack and you're not really enjoying it well then go for a different one you know you're never stuck to just one you can always learn other ones and go for it right like another language that i really want to learn is go and i've i've been trying to learn golang but it's it node has always brought me back just because at work we do use both but node is the one i'm more familiar with right now so it was easier to pick up I do, however, want to get into Go and start doing some tutorials there and building something and building a web server or whatever, um, just because I, I do feel like Go is is a great place to be in um, and a great language to know as well in this world, especially in the Silicon Valley, Golang is really big. So, you know, we'll see what happens, but you know, that's my, that's my answer. I think that any stack that you enjoy is gonna be the best stack. I can't really give any singular one, so. Here's another good one. Laptop or Mac mini from real Connor gray. Uh, so I've been meaning to make maybe a follow-up video on the Mac mini. Cause uh, for those of you who do, don't know, I bought a Mac mini. I think it was January of this year and I've had it for a little bit now, obviously. And to be honest, to answer this question, I would go with laptop and here's why I may or may not have a bias, but you know, being a remote worker now, I have been blessed to be able to work wherever in the world that I want, essentially, essentially, right? Like I'm not gonna, oh, I don't know if anyone from work is listening to this, but you know, I, I can technically go to a different coffee shop, to a friend's house, to a different location, you know, maybe travel down to San Diego, travel up to San Francisco, uh, Lake Tahoe, Oregon, uh, Seattle, and, and you know, and, and still work from there. And that's an awesome thing to do. And I think that or it's an awesome benefit that I have being fully, fully remote, even after COVID is over, if that ever happens. Um, and I think that the laptop is the most versatile option here. In terms of speed, you know, obviously M1 takes the cake. I don't have an M1 laptop. Uh, the, the Mac mini is M1 and the speed there is insane, right? Like I love the speed for video editing and things like that. It just churns through it. But in terms of coding, I don't know if it, if it's up to par or if it's, if you know eight gigs of ram is really there if i'm doing react native stuff having simulators open and things like that especially if i i haven't really tested react native and m1 to see if that would get in the way obviously it would probably run on the rosetta layer but uh you know i think that the laptop is the way to go in terms of being a remote worker the versatility and the mobility is something that i appreciate personally and now that could be different for other people, right? Like some people are homebodies or or just like being at a desk where, you know, the one thing is is their form, right? And I I you know, I can I can see why that would be more ideal having a Mac mini. You know, the speed is there, it's just a singular machine, it's less bulky, it looks a lot nicer on your desk. I get that. But for me, being able to move around away from my desk cuz I do like from time to time working outside, working in a different room, working in my bedroom, working at a friend's house, working at a coffee shop. Those are things that I can't do with a Mac mini that the laptop could definitely bring me. So, you know, my, my personal choice here would definitely be a laptop just because as a dev, it's nice to change your environment, not only for you know, mental health, but just for creativity and problem solving, I just feel like being in a different environment from my experience here working at working uh, full time now as a developer support engineer, 
I wouldn't have been able to solve some issues quickly or at the pace that I could if I was stuck at my desk all the time. You know, there are moments where I'm like, okay, I got to change up. Like I can't, as, as, as much as I love this setup here with the ultra wide and, you know, all the little nice gadgets that I have and have been blessed with, I've got to go outside. I've got to go to a different room because my mind is stuck somewhere and I can't really solve this problem. At the moment I move to a different location, I feel a lot more free. I feel a lot, my mind feels a lot more open and clear in that the problem at hand is a lot easier to solve. And I don't know what it is or what the science or psychology is behind that, but it just works. So to be able to do that, you know, if I moved out to a diff- to a coffee shop, boom, I have coffee, yeah, people are around me, the, the ambient noises that come from that are great. I could go get food and still work as well. You know, I could be in an airport, a different location. Like I said, I can go to Seattle and still work, right? And, and enjoy the, the, the life over there and, and travels and stuff. So to be able to have that with a laptop, I think would be great. And it's able to do a lot more, or not a lot more, but it's able to do the same things that my Mac Mini could do. Some tasks a little faster than others with, you know, a smaller screen, obviously, but, you know, I'm still able to get the job done and do just as much as I could on the Mac Mini. So my answer there would be the laptop, I think, just for portability, mobility, and versatility. So those things are very, very important to me. And I think that, you know, you're your preference is obviously going to differ from mine just based off of your situation or whatever. Obviously the price difference as well, but you know, I, I think I would go for the laptop there. All right, let's see. Let's see, let's see, let's see. What's another good one? How have you, how you found your first few months in a developer role adjusting to it? Any tips? Thanks. I have loved the first, I've been here now six months working at the current job that I'm at right now. And I couldn't, and I, I couldn't be any happier, right? Like, it's been great. It's been awesome. The team is great. I love literally every single one of them. They're just awesome people. Um, higher management that I've dealt with, they've been great. I've been able like the amount of visibility and and not power. Power wouldn't be the thing, but you know the things that we can do as engineers here is pretty pretty cool. And the space that I'm in. Or this, sorry, the space that the company is in is a place that I actually have a passion for. FinTech is is really, you know, up and come not up and coming. It's been there, but it's a it's a space that I've been in personally even prior to to joining. So I have been enjoying my time here, and I can't wait to see what else there is to come. I wish and hope that I could stay here forever because I genuinely love the company and the people here, and what we're doing is insane. Um, But adjusting to it, any tips, you know, take your time. Patience is key when it comes to adjusting, right? Unless you're being forced, which I hope isn't the case, adjusting is a matter of patience and taking a step back, getting the lay of the land and understanding what it is you're being asked of, what, what, uh, you know, necessary tasks there are every single day and taking that into account and over time building, like back to the first question, building systems on top of that to accommodate for, uh, you know, the, the everyday life. And I think it took me a couple months to really adjust to that and figure it out. You know, my time to do other activities changed my time for YouTube and Instagram changed my time for, you know, other activities, like I just said, have changed and need to be adjusted to. So if I rushed myself, I would have stressed myself out too much. I don't know if I could have figured it out, but now that I'm in a better place, 
um, I've been able to really just kind of focus on, okay, like I, I know what the, the day-to-days are and I know what my time kind of looks like and I know how much, um, you know, an amount of effort I need to put in every single day, uh, things like that that helped me adjust and build a system around it. So, you know, it, like I said, just take, take, take your time when you're, when you're joining a new job and this is just from my personal experiences, take your time and take the step back. The, t- the step back is, is really key here because then you get to see what it is you're getting yourself into and what you can handle and how much bandwidth you really have after the workday. Cause you don't want to take on way too much and more than you can definitely handle. Like that's definitely not the, not ideal here. So for me, I've found a couple months to be great in terms of the adjustment and I've been loving it ever since. Like this job is great. And again, I wish and hope that everything turns out well and you know, I could be here for as long as I need and want cause this place is awesome. So, you know, that's, uh, that's my answer there from Dano underscore Bubbanek, I probably I probably sent your name wrong. I'm sorry, but how to start Instagram channel and be successful with it? This correlates with another question, and that is consistency. Consistency is key here, very, 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 very key. You need to stay consistent, and along with consistency, you need to be active. So, you know, I can't guarantee that this would bring success. I wouldn't even say. You know, I don't know how you define success, um, but Instagram, you need to be active because this is a social platform and social platforms means there's people and where there's people, there's attention. And if you don't have that attention, then no one's going to know who you are. So in order to grab that attention, you need to be active, not only with the content that you create, but with the people that are on this platform. So for Instagram, for example. I, I realize that there are people within hashtags and groups or, you know, there's certain people that I wanted to network with and know and, and get to know. So, well, what, what I do, I DM them. I commented on their photos almost every single time and, and I communicated, I networked. The social, like, just because it's a photo uh, commu- uh, photography community, quote unquote, doesn't mean that you can't, sorry, I was just like burping right there. Oh my God. I just like ate right before this, so I'm a little gassy. I'm trying to like, I've been trying to hide burps this whole podcast, but I don't know if it's been good or not, uh, or I've, if I've been able to hide it, but we'll see. Um, there, you know, just because it's a quote unquote photography community doesn't mean that you can't communicate and talk to other people. You can see this as a forum. You know, there are people on the other end of those photos or on the other end of those profiles and you can just communicate them with a simple DM or, you know, for me, it was identifying other people in the in, in our developer space and the others that were documenting their 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 journeys or their career and you know commenting on their photos. Hey, good job! Oh, I love what you're doing. Um, and those were genuine comments. Like I, I loved what they were doing. I loved the projects they were working on. You know, what tutorial were you using? Or what book is that? Like I want to get in on that. Things like that. Or hey, do you want to collab? on a certain project, like let's work together. Then, you know, it, it that right there will grab attention and will make you active. And the more and more you do it, 
the more and more quote unquote successful you would be because you'll start to grab attention and the attention comes from the people and the people is is the way you grab followers and likes and more comments and that's the name of the game it's a rinse and repeat there like you know there's nothing else to it it seems so simple but it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort the thing is and it's back to again another another answer that i gave was it's it's patience and consistency you have to be patient with this a lot of people want success fast but it doesn't happen that way you know i don't I, my account grew fast but that's just the luck of the draw others well, people's growth longer grow for a longer period of time and that's fine you know you're again you're pacing back to the episode before your pace is 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 your own like you can't force that you know you kind of have to go at your own pace find that pace and find what's comfortable if you can't respond to comments or comment on people's posts every single day that's fine you just it will grow a little bit slower and that's definitely okay you know but to grab attention and be consistent on posting and things like that and uh you know posting relevant content making foot photos the other thing is is the photo needs to grab people you know if it doesn't make me stop on the feed well that's a lot of attention you're losing so try to make them physically uh you know uh, visually appealing and that's what i try to do on my photos is try to make them vis visually appealing uh enough to where if i'm scrolling through a feed that's a photo that i would definitely stop and want to want to examine and look into more and then boom they're reading your captions and are there are there CTAs there? Are there any questions that you ask? You know, boom, that creates more interaction, and by more interaction, the algorithm then dictates the the audience that are viewing my posts and and tries to show that to more of them. So, you know, you got to create that system and create that momentum for yourself in order to create this quote unquote successful Instagram channel. And I hope that helps. You know, it's pretty much what I did, and I did it for a long time, and I'm still doing it just at a slower pace. Um, just because priorities shift, but I'm still trying to stay as active as I can on Instagram for sure. Uh, last one before we end is how can I get started with coding? Uh, by Vinny Ratten. Hopefully I said your names right. But to get started to code, you have to identify what stack or not stack. That's not what I meant to say. You have to, you have to identify what and you know, where you want to be and what you want to build, you know, whether that be in the front end or the back end, you know, do you want to be a data engineer? Do you want to be uh, a back end engineer built, you know, working on servers or do you want to build on front end building websites and, and making things visually appealing? You know, uh, that's kind of the stuff that you have to think about first. And after you identify that, what kind of developer you want to be, then you can start to then go down the rabbit hole of what languages do I need to know? If you're on the front end, well, then obviously HTML, CSS, JavaScript, those are the givens, right? If you're on the back end, well, you have a plethora, you have Golang, Node, uh, Ruby, PHP, uh, if that's even a thing still, Python, you know, those are all back end types uh, languages that you can learn. Uh, as far as data engineering, I have no idea, but like, you know, that's like AI, AI stuff like machine learning. So, you know, there's, that's not really my realm. I don't know, but you know, that that's the stuff you have to identify and then you can go for those languages. And after you learn those languages, then you can get into frameworks, you know, React, Vue, Angular for the front end, Django, Express, uh, those things for the back end. Those are just some examples. And after you do that, then you can start building projects. Once you start building projects and getting to know 
what the stack consists of and how, what, what the capabilities are and what you need to know more of, then you can start applying to jobs and just go on from there. Uh, getting started is very, very similar to starting a blog. You just have to start and, and get going. Identify what it is you actually want to do. Identify the the topics and the the place in the stack that you want to be and uh, I, you know, ideally what companies or, or roles that interest you, um, depending on those roles, what languages and what skills are required of them and then go after that, you know. Uh, once you identify that and have like an end goal, then you can start to piece together the, 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 the different things that you would need to, you'll need to acquire in terms of languages, frameworks, skills, things of that nature in order to achieve that end goal. So, you know, it's it's just a game that you got to play with yourself. It's it's a it's it's figuring out the pieces to the puzzle. And once you have those pieces to the puzzle, it's it's about putting them together. Uh, and there's a bunch of resources online, like I said, that you can you can just easily Google and figure out how other people did it. I think that's a great reference. If you kind of look at other people's journeys, how did they get to where they the role that you want to be? Let's say you wanted to be a backend engineer. Well, there's a plethora of backend engineers that are on these blogs on YouTube that have talked about what languages they've learned, how they got to where they want, uh, you know, how they got to where they are now or where they initially got their first job, internship, you know, whether it was boot camp or a, a CS degree, how they navigated through that space. So there's different storylines for other people and you don't have to follow these storylines, you know, to the, to the T. That's not something I recommend because again, your journey is your journey and you should make it the way that you uh, want it to be. And there are also other variables in life that will ultimately make your journey different from others. So adjust adjust to that, um, but use them as a reference. And you know, if they started networking with people in a local community or uh, an online community, and that's how they kind of found recruiters and other engineers that were hiring people, do that. Um, once you've gathered the skills, um, if they have tutorials and stuff that they recommended, do those because it'll help you and kind of get you to a, a close understanding of what it is they they understood at, at a the same kind of time in their journey that you're at now. So those are some things that I would take into mind and think about when you're starting to getting into coding. There's so much more to it, but you know, again, your journey is your journey. You got to figure that out. Uh, but those tips I hope help helped. I hope my answers kind of helped shed light on some things or made some things interesting. If you guys, like I said, have any other questions, just hit me up on Instagram or just email me uh, and I will get to your questions every single week on Saturdays. I'm going to be recording my podcast and they either come out on Saturday or Sunday. I'm still deciding, most likely on Sundays, um, Sunday morning, Sunday afternoons, I'll release the podcast episode. But I hope you guys enjoyed episode number 24 of the Say Less podcast. I will see you guys on the next one. Peace out.